I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 14, 2018. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. It's a new week. We're going to have a little bit of a recap And then we're going to discuss both the upside and the downside possibilities in this market. Before we get going, I will tell you that time is of the essence. Again, we're running out of time. You all know how that happens when we're running out of time. Time is more important than price. The last time we ran out of time was the day after Christmas. And look what happened. So again, the market is running out of time, and I'm not suggesting the same thing's going to happen that happened the day after Christmas. I'm just saying we're running out of time. The market has to make its move, and if it doesn't finish off the move to the upside, it's going in the other direction. We'll talk more about that in a moment because it's very, very important, but it fits in with the rest of the conversation tonight. So before I get rolling, let me just thank everybody once again for participating and posting comments underneath the video each and every night. Please keep the interaction going. I love bantering back and forth with many of you. Also, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. So today ended up being a down day across the markets for the most part. So the S&P was down about 13 points, the Dow was down about 86, and the NASDAQ was down about 65, almost 1%. So the NASDAQ was really the culprit on the downside. Also, we'll take a look at the IWM. As you know, that's my favorite market-leading indicator, and the IWM was also down just short of 1%. We'll get there when we get there. I don't want to get over my skis on this one, but here's the deal. So the market's running out of time to reach the upside objective as far as I'm concerned. It's got to happen within the next few days. Doesn't have to happen tomorrow. Doesn't have to happen Wednesday, but it's got to happen pretty much this week or it's unlikely to happen. Now, can the market wind up again, meaning decline a little bit more, sell off a little bit more, and wind up and have another push to the upside just like we did over here? Yeah, that's certainly possible. Not necessarily thinking that's a high probability setup right now, but it's certainly possible. But here's what I'm looking at. We have a couple of important numbers underneath the market, a couple of important support areas that we really don't want to breach for very long on the daily chart there's really two important numbers one is last thursday's low so right here from the 10th that's an important low you see that's a breakup candle we want to stay closing inside or above the low of that candle that's item number one but also right below that is that famous 255 that i keep writing about each and every morning We can go visit 255, but we begin closing hourly below 255, and I'm not so comfortable with the long side of the market until and unless they recapture 255. So basically, from this point forward, nothing has changed. I want to see the market stay hourly and daily closes above 255. That's imperative to have the upside case intact. Now, on one hand, 
we can certainly go sideways, eat some time off the clock, and there's nothing wrong with that. That can certainly wind the market up for another push higher. That's common, normal market behavior. But the other side of that is the longer we spend bantering back and forth up here, the higher the chance has that that 255 is going to give way if they begin to beat on 255. Hasn't happened yet. I'm just giving you the other side of the coin. So my concern with consolidating for a while is they can end up eating away at 255. That hasn't happened. It's a hypothetical. I'm giving you both cases. Net, net. Stay above 255, 263 to 265 is in the cards, potentially even higher, but not that much higher. That's about the end of the zone that I can see from where I sit on what would end this rally likely. What does that mean, end this rally? Does that mean we go down to retest the lows, lower lows, sideways? What does that mean? I'm going to get that question over and over and over again. I'm going to give you the answer right here, right now. We're not talking about that because we haven't even got up to those price levels yet. We take the market one step at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time, one candlestick at a time. I want to switch gears for a second. I want to talk about the morning notes and all these numbers that are on the sheet. For those of you who don't know, what I've done is I've combined two different morning reports that went to two different sets of traders, some overlap. But right now, the report is open so you can view it. That's going to change in a couple of days. But for the next couple of days, you can view the report. I want you to see what the new report looks like in case it's something you're interested in. It's just that cut and dry. So basically, it's an inside the numbers look at the market. It begins at 9 o'clock in the morning for the most part. Here's a midday update. That comes out about noon, and I'm not going to go through everything today. Basically, the bottom line is the markets were hanging around the majority of the afternoon trying to stage a rally, never were able to do so. But here's what happened in the morning. So I say, Sunday night, the futures opened down and stayed down. This week, Friday, represents monthly options expiration, which can include some unexplained back-and-forth behavior. Then I go on to say that last week, at the end of the week, our focus was on 257. This is in the spiders. So we're using 257 as a gauge. I didn't really want to see the market open below that level. That would be a negative for the most part. But it did hold, and 257 ended up being early morning support, just below that. And then the market did stage a rally. That's great. What did the stocks do? That's what everybody wants to know. What happened with the stocks? So the first one on the list was at home. This is one of the morning gap trades. We'll go take a look at the chart for fun in a moment. Then we had five below. That didn't hit its level, so we're going to forget about that. Then we have some commentary on how to use this a little bit. And then there's some stocks on the move. And we'll take a look at those as well. We had WDC. That one entry was hit. You can see here on the right, entry hit, yes. We had MU, which is Micron, no. That's an open trade. It's closed now. The day is over. But that never did hit the level that I was interested in, the target number one or target number two. Didn't hit it. It's off the table. Newmont Mining, it hit target number one, went down a little bit, came back to target number one. It didn't do anything. It was basically a loser, right? It's a loser trade. Not because it was a loser in monetary terms. It was just a few pennies. So it's off the table. It hit its target, but didn't do what it was supposed to do. We'll take a look at it. They're not all going to be winning trades. That's the way this business works. But we want the winners to be good ones. We want them swift. And we want the losers small and fast. 
We'll take a look at when that definitely hit its particular target price at 107.77. We'll look real quick at that one. We'll also look at Tailored Brands, TLRD. That one also hit its target level. And Carvana CVNA did not hit its level. So it's off the table. It's just a no trade. When you see it's open, it was a no trade. It never got to the target price. And then we have some index numbers, the ES numbers, the S&P E-mini futures numbers, the SPY numbers, and the crude oil numbers. You can take a snapshot of this, come back and check to see what happened for yourself. The numbers are good. We're back on the spiders. We're going to take a look at the stocks in a moment, but we're pretty much finished with the spiders. We know what's going on on the upside and the downside. If we get liftoff, 263 to 265 is resistance. If we close below last Thursday's low, that's a sign of trouble. That would be on an hourly basis. Closing below 255 on an hourly and then a daily basis is also not good for the bullish case. How about at home? So we had two target prices on at home, 69.70 and 67.07. At first look, it looks like the 69.70 caused a little bit of early morning problems. But when you drill down to a one-minute chart, You'll see that right out of the gate at home gave me everything I was looking for. As you can see in the fourth minute of the day, third and fourth minute of the day at home centered around the 6970 level, give or take a couple of pennies on either side. And then immediately at 937 made a high at $70.40. That's a quick scalp trade. It did come back, went lower, but also came back to retest that level just a few minutes later. So that one did give us the scalp trade we were looking for, but it did go lower. So it went down to the second target price, 67.07. That one turned out to be a better trade. As you can see, that had a rally high up to $69.09, $2 higher than the entry price. This is all given out 9 o'clock in the morning, 30 minutes before the opening bell. Stocks on the move section. Remember, we'll start with WDC. So WDC, now this isn't a quick scalp trade. These are slightly different. I'm giving you hourly closes as a stop out. Never came close to the hourly stop out closing price, but you can see what happened. Entry price at 36.93. The stock closed out the day 38.06. Micron was a no trade. We talked about Newmont Mining. This was just a dud. This is in the it didn't work camp. We just move along. How about Wynn? Wynn comes right into 107.77, goes through it by a little bit, maybe about 50 cents, and then immediately spins around, makes a high almost at 110, 109.92 just minutes later. This is on the stocks on the move list. How about Tailored Brands? The target price on Tailored was $11.90. The low was $11.90. Spins around, takes off to the upside. Minutes later, it's at $12.89. Who does that? Another one on the list was Carvana. That didn't hit its level, so it's off the table. It's just a no trade. Pretty cool stuff, huh? And who's this for? This is for any trader that's gone through the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, period. Let's bring this back to the center. We'll go over to the IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. And you can see the IWM was down 1%. So we're getting a negative divergence. The IWM is now all of a sudden, instead of leading to the upside, all of a sudden it's leading to the downside. 
Will this materialize to anything more? Well, it's on the table. It's a puzzle piece I'm watching very, very closely. The transports, the transports are holding up fine. They were actually up today, and you can see the transports are at the top end of the current range. That's a positive for the bull case. The transports have been a very, very good indicator for us. They have been a canary in the coal mine. So also, watching the transports very, very closely. IWM says one thing. Transports are saying something different. The SPY or the S&P 500 trading in a narrow range. The market is setting up for a larger directional move. That's what the charts are telling me right now. The technology space, looking over at the triple Qs, we could be consolidating underneath the 50-period moving average, winding up to make another push higher, fill the gap up here. That's certainly possible. A failure is also possible. I'm aware of both cases. The market hasn't given us clear directional indication just yet. Those that want to guess and say, I know the market's going to do this, that, or the other thing, that's up to you. I'm not in the guessing business. I'm in the letting the market decide and hopping on board business. Or getting to a very, very critical support area or a very, very critical resistance zone, being able to take a trade very close to risk, I'm in that business as well. Other than the fact that we're in a longer-term downtrend in these markets, specifically the Q chart that we're looking at right now, short-term, there's nothing wrong here. This is a bullish chart. This is just consolidating, winding up to make another push higher. If we fail, we fail, but that's not what the last several days of chart activity are telling us. Ah, what do we have here in the XLF, in the financial space? So the financials are up half a percent. What's that telling us? If the market was going to fall apart, would the financials be going higher or lower right now? They would likely be going lower. So the financials consolidated for a few days and are now pushing higher, headed toward, everything has a destination, right? Headed toward the $25 mark. Are the financials telling us something? Probably. That's why we don't just look at one market and one chart. I look at many markets, and I look at dozens, if not hundreds of charts. The SMH. We had a down day in the SMH, down 1.6, almost 1.7%. However, the SMH was leading to the upside, came into natural resistance, where the 50-period moving average also coincided with this natural area of resistance here, where the market traded around and broke down. We came back to do what? We came back to test a former breakdown area happened to coincide with right around the 50 period moving average. I think it's natural that the market would find resistance up in this area. Specifically speaking about this daily chart. You didn't think I was going to leave out CGC, did you? So we know where the buy level was. It was all the way down in the $26, $25 zone. I know anybody just showing up now would find that hard to believe. You're entitled to find that hard to believe. How much more is left in CGC? In fact, there's more of you in this thing than I realized because I got a ton of emails this afternoon. So we're pretty much where I expected to exit CGC. Now, I have one-third of a full position left. And the reason I do is because it's in a space that can continue to go higher without the rest of the market 
This is obviously a new industry that has many, many years and further development to come. Canopy was one what I believed to be a real company and one of the long-term winners. So I want to have some exposure to this. However, the easy money has been made. I will add back Canopy on a pullback of this stock, but right now I'm out of two-thirds of my total position. You have to take profits along the way. For those of you that picked up Canopy all the way down in the mid-20s, even $30, $31, wherever you picked it up, fantastic rally. Does it have to be over? No, but pretty much everybody's on their own from here. If you're in Canopy from 10 or $15 ago, you're on your own. Here's a weekly chart. There's no rule that says this can't just continue and take off and make new highs. Eventually, I do expect that to happen. I just don't think it's all going to happen at once, but it certainly can happen. So if you're a long-term holder, you're just going to have to withstand some back and forth because it's not going to be a straight line in either direction. I know there's a lot of Apple owners, Apple watchers out there, Apple traders, so we might as well discuss Apple real quick. So you can see a pretty well-defined downtrend here. This is a channel. So Apple's trading down in a channel. Anybody can make an argument where the channel exactly begins and ends and whenever it touches or busts through the top or the bottom end of the channel. I don't really care about much of that nonsense. What I care about is visually, what does it look like? It looks like it's trading down in a channel. Every time it goes to the top of the channel, it seems to get rejected. This is the hypothetical channel that I'm discussing. I'm not worried about it being to the penny, to the pivot high, to the pivot this. It's not important. I just wanted you to get a visual of what we're discussing. Now, can it break to the upside? Sure, certainly could. But let's discuss a couple of things and the way I interpret these things. Could be any chart under the sun. Right now, we're talking about Apple. So they had a chance to fill the gap. So the gap I'm talking about is right here. And that gap would have been 154.89. In this candle, they made a high of 154.53. That's as far as I determine a gap being filled. Other traders have a different idea. This is the way I look at it. I'm less interested in the way others look at it. Just giving you my view. You can look at it one of two ways. It's weakness because they couldn't even get to the gap and have traded away from the gap. And if they don't make another attempt, there's trouble for Apple. There's another way to look at it, which is it's a fake out, trick, trap, fool, and frustrate, right? We know about that story. And they're going to make another attempt, but they're not going to stop at the gap. They're going to continue higher. In order for plan B to take place, you need the rest of the market to participate. Apple's not going to go on its own, and today it was down 1.5%, 2.5 bucks. So unless we get a miracle and it disconnects from the market, it's not necessarily a fan favorite anymore. So I want to make everybody aware of that. Let's not chase an old favorite. When these stocks tend to fall out of favor, they tend to drift lower. Now realize we're talking about the stock, not the company. The company makes fantastic products. We're talking about the stock. It's drifting lower. In order for it to give those owners and Apple Watchers a glimmer of hope, the numbers that we discussed last week still stand. You need to get up to that 158 and above 159 area. And that's not around the corner right now. So you're going to need broad market participation for that to happen. In the spirit of jumping around, keeping everybody on their toes, we'll take a look at gold 
And we're edging slightly higher in gold. We're consolidating sideways in an uptrend. The moving averages are sloping upward. We're eating time off the clock, letting price go sideways while home base or the 20 period moving average moves up toward price and essentially price is edging higher. So there's really not a bearish case for gold that I see right now. Remember the weekly chart? We were finding resistance at the 100 week moving average. Now we start consolidating right underneath the 100 week moving average and sandwiched in between the 100 and below is the 250 period moving averages. If we continue sandwiched in between and going sideways, that's the market's way of indicating that higher prices are likely. Crude oil had a wonderful rally off the bottom. We hit the 50 period moving average and pulled back. Here's what I'll say about crude oil. Go back in the video to the sheet or the webpage that I showed you before with all the numbers on it. Go take a look at crude oil and then look at the intraday activity. Go bring up an intraday chart. Here's a 10 minute chart, for example, and we'll use a pit session and go bring up the crude chart. Take a look at the numbers and see if any of it makes sense. For example, the low over here was $50.38 and the low that I put out at 9 a.m. this morning and this happened all the way in the afternoon session. But the low on that sheet and you can go back in the video and check it out was $50.43. Not the low but one of the important numbers. And when you put those numbers together, whether it's the S&P or crude oil, it doesn't really matter what it is. When you put them together with everything that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, it's a recipe for success, and I have the emails from some of you to prove it. Some of you are doing absolutely fantastic. Keep up the great work, and with that, I'm going to sign off because I've probably bored you enough this evening. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.